Welcome to the next episode of Chalk Talk. We're joined today by Professor James Spratt of St. George's Hospital, University of London. James, thank you for joining us today. I look forward to chatting with you shortly. Um, yeah, I no, guess real, this, real pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I guess to start, maybe we can start talking about kind of, you know, your shockwave experience. Uh, when did you come about using it and kind of how you've incorporated it, you know, into your practice over the years now? Yeah, so I guess a bit of background for people who aren't familiar with kind of what I do is I, I'm a specialist in complex PCI and education and so on as well. So being at the sort of um, what I like to think of as the cutting edge of complex PCI is that we're very aware of limitations in the field and what we can do and what we'd like to do, what we'd like to do better. And um, calcium has always been a significant limiter. So any sign of any improvement in, in our tools in that area was going to be naturally of interest. And I think we were lucky to be in the right spot at the time to interact with the shockwave team pretty early to get our hands on. And after that, it was really a combination of curiosity. You know, is this really a disruptive technology? And we've heard the story many times before. But does that translate into reality? So it was really a, a journey of experimenting, experimenting and discovery. And uh, I think we've been very surprised and pleased with the, the efficacy of technology. And I've said this before in, in other modalities, Scott, but to my mind, it's the single most disruptive technology within the field of coronary intervention in the last decade. Yeah. And where are you taking advantage of the technology today from a clinical practice perspective? Yeah, again, you know, I think there's a temptation in interventional cardiology to focus on cardiologists because we all like to talk about ourselves and technology because we're all a bit geeky and technology focused. So I think ultimately it's all about patients and it's about delivering value to patients. So that's the first question we ask ourselves, not can the technology do X, Y, or Z within a lesion, but what kind of value can it add to patients? And I think that's what's exciting about the shockwave technology is that it can genuinely make a difference to the kind of patients who need it most. And what springs to mind uh, from my perspective is that elderly population who are comorbid, who have complex coronary disease, which has taken a long time to develop over a long number of years, and are really in a bit of a sticky wicket. Sticky wicket for the US audience means not a good place. And their options are sometimes coronary artery bypass grafting. But when you're elderly uh, and you've got some, some other issues going on, you really don't want to have a bypass unless you really need it. But till recently, we really haven't had a good way to treat these patients. So I think that kind of population in large vessels, such as um, left main or proximal disease, is where shockwave has really made a big difference in calcific disease. Great, great. And you mentioned your interest being kind of, you know, in education as well as obviously the practice of interventional cardiology. When did education become kind of a... Um, uh, of interest of yourself and kind of, you know, how has that evolved into kind of Optima as we know it today? Yeah, so um, that started back about 15, 16 years ago. I don't want to date myself too badly here. I'm obviously still very much in the prime of life, Scott, as you can of see. Course. Unfortunately, of course. unfortunately for the audience, this is only an audio transcription. But if, if you saw me in my full splendor, you'd see that's clearly a young man you're looking at. But um, when I 
first became a consultant, my main interest then was complex PCI and CTO. And CTO was the very definition of what on earth is happening here. We used to travel to conferences in Japan. The, they were rarely in English and very complex things were happening to a largely bewildered audience. And I thought this is an area which needs proper explanation. And actually I sat down with a close friend, Adrian Brown, who's a, been a colleague and friend over a number of years. And we just set out with the goal of understanding for ourselves selfishly what's happening. Can we break it down into its constituent parts? Can we make it as simple as it needs to be, but not too simple as per the, the famous quote? And then can we tell people what exactly is happening so they can reproduce that systematically in their own practice and to their own patients? So it wasn't really set up, Optima, with any commercial goal in mind. You know, it was really designed as a way of decomplexifying all the chat around technology to bring it back to basics, where can you add value to patients and how simply and how clearly can you explain things? And actually some very interesting behavioral aspects around that. Um, Adrian, I'm sure he won't mind me saying is uh, dyslexic. So he doesn't, he doesn't think in terms of language, he thinks in terms of pictures. And, you know, so we complemented ourselves quite well and that I'm relatively strong linguistically. He's very strong visually. And we just tried to bring that together into a package that was you know, able to translate these kind of messages to, to an audience. So it really wasn't set up with any other goal in mind and something fairly you know, altruistic. And um, also, I guess, starting with a problem, you know, this doesn't make sense to us. So if it doesn't make sense to us, it's not gonna make sense to a lot of people. Absolutely. So having, you're basically having two careers now. You have your interventional cardiology within your education as well. So how do you how do you find the time to actually get everything done? Well, you, you know, it's a good question. And I think if they were completely malaligned goals. So, if, for example, I was doing education in, you know, um, basketball or soccer or something like that. I'd have to spend huge amounts of time understanding basketball and soccer, which I probably do anyway. But uh, it's a very aligned goal. So I can go into the Castor laboratory and I can take new technology and new techniques and say, well, listen, do we understand them? How can we make this clear? How we, can we make them better? Can we test the hypothesis academically, scientifically? Can, can we actually look at the question? And, and actually, that is actually a very good way to learn yourself, but it also means that the environment you create uh, within the Castor Lab is one of a learning environment. So actually, you're working when you're not working, and the same thing translates when you're when I'm doing Optima stuff, actually all that stuff is directly translatable into my day-to-day -day work. So I'm quite lucky in that I do enjoy it. You know, it's for me, pro solving problems is a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of problems to solve, as you know. Absolutely. And speaking of problems, I mean, obviously the last 18 months with COVID, education has kind of been a very dynamic topic and kind of we've seen it change pretty dramatically. You know, what, what are your, what's your take on kind of, you know, where we are from an education perspective with how we've adapted in terms of a more virtual focused environment? Yeah, to be honest, from our perspective, from an optimal perspective, is actually been positive because uh, now more than ever, the content, the quality of the content is key 
we're losing a degree of dynamism in terms of presentation because obviously we're, we're all virtual now. So if we don't have clear, uh, unambiguous content, you're really going to no chance of getting the message across. So in some ways, even though we're a small company, we've now actually really got a, a very strong footprint and an ability to leverage the kind of material we've been working on for years. So, so actually from our side, it's been good. And I think, you know, on a broader perspective, we're going to take these messages and understand that actually we just can't throw content against a wall and hope something sticks. We've got to spend a little bit more time, a little bit more effort in understanding what, what, what it is we're trying to get across to people. And I hope some of that translates to some of the larger meetings, which still, to me, look like spaghetti stuck against the wall. Some of it sticks. Most of it doesn't. Yeah. Well, hopefully on the topic of some of the things that stick, let's talk a little bit about the Calcium Masterclass um, in terms of kind of, you know, where was your mindset when we started out on that kind of journey? And what was your objective? What were you hoping to kind of accomplish through this initiative? Yeah, I think the first thing is to get people to understand the technology a little bit, to kind of take it away from the pure physics of Shockwave and to translate that into something which people can use on a patient level. So there was a, a real kind of engagement exercise there. How can we show people where the value lies? You know, the why, if you like, less of the how, because we know Shockwave is actually a very easy to use technology. But it was more about trying to explain the why. And I think the second aspect was an opportunity to engage and interact with a real global collection of um, physicians. And we were very lucky to do that. I mean, through our network of people we've been working with for years, we really had the opportunity to work with a fabulous collection of individuals. And they all bring their own skills or expertise or opinions and I think our role was really to try and, again, keep the clarity as strong as possible and to keep the messaging as clear and as unambiguous as possible. And it's been a lot of fun working with those people and, of course, with the Shockwave team. And I think we're pretty proud of the, the content that we've delivered to date. Absolutely. Speaking of the content, looking back at the first, uh, first handful of episodes now, you know, what do you think or what were you the most kind of excited about, or, you know, different either topical discussions or case cases that I think were really illustrative from a, an education perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot in this journey as, as well, of course. I think the pathophysiology of coronary calcium was a complete mystery to me beforehand. And it was a, it was a real delight uh, working with uh, Michael Joner, for example, in Germany, you know, to bring his insights and pathology to it. I think we did some great work with the mechanisms of IVL therapy and trying to bring physics to life. And I know that's not always easy. And of course, you've still got the real interactive element of the live cases. And we had some fantastic live cases from the US and the UK. And I think people always enjoy the live cases for the spontaneity and the interaction there. So there was a really good mix between sort of didactic content, interactive interplay between the faculty and that sort of dynamism of that live case. So I think uh, they really do stand the test of time. And I definitely encourage our listeners to go back and have a look at some of that material. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of really, really good content focused on kind of, you know, proper technique and some of the best practices that you guys have kind of developed with the technology using it. You know, thinking back to when you started your, your shockwave experience, 
what do you know now that you wish you would have known then from that perspective? Yeah, I, I think from, from a shockwave perspective, it's all been about trying to understand where to get the best of the technology. Because, you know, what you don't want to do is, is push it into areas where you're, you're really not going to leverage it. But also, if you are going to extract the value, where, where are you going to get your, you know, I don't hesitate to use the term bang for your buck, but that's essentially what I'm saying. Where do you get the most out of the technology? So I think from, from our perspective, it's about, I think the intersection with the imaging has been very powerful. That's a, such a visually impactful way of understanding the physiological differences you see in arteries. And actually, I think from a kind of um, audience perspective, it's very impactful. You, you, you can see that this is not just a theoretical change in arteries. This is a fundamental change in arteries. Yeah, absolutely. And so after Calcium Masterclass, what's, uh, what's next for Optima? Well, I think it's a, a very exciting time for us. You know, we're, as you know, continuing our partnership with Shockwave. I think there's a, a lot more. Uh, we can do there. We've also got several, we've got an ongoing left main project with uh, another company. Obviously this is, you know, embargoed, but, um, and we've also got several other exciting projects on the scene. And what I like about them is that they all end up in the same direction, Scott. They all point at the patient, getting a better patient outcome. And I think for us, we don't want to do a project just for financial reasons. You know, maybe we're a bit stupid that way. We've got to believe in it. We've got to think at the end of the day, patients are going to benefit from that. And I think that actually that's probably, um, you know, when I reflect on the masterclass, I can honestly say we've definitely added value to the patient journey. Yeah, I completely agree. And from, and just increasing the visibility, I think, you know, in calcium in general, you know, and making making physicians more aware of it and have it be more kind of present in front of mind. And uh, it's been, really, I think, been an amazing journey over the last kind of three or four years together, you know, working to kind of, you know, focus physicians on a topic that maybe they hadn't given much thought to before. I think that's absolutely right. And it's not as if calcium's new, you know, calcium has been around since there's coronary disease has been around, but actually if you go back even three years, who was talking about coronary calcium? Nobody. And you can see that actually, not only are we changing the treatment of coronary calcium, but we're also changing the way people are taking on percutaneous intervention in a much more systematic fashion. You realize it's not there, you're not painting your own masterpiece. What you're doing is following a recipe. And if you follow that recipe, you're gonna get reproducible results. And ultimately that's gonna to translate to better outcomes for patients. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, and last, we'll end on a fun question, you know, for those listeners out there who may have not seen your, uh, your young face, what would they be surprised? <laughs> what would they be surprised to learn about you? My young face? Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, what do I do outside work? Um, quite a lot of sports. So I, I cycle quite a bit, swim quite a bit. Um, it may not surprise anyone to hear I'm an intense individual who does everything a bit, you know, full on. So <laughs> I'm probably one of these people that you think, well, actually, I could probably manage 20 minutes with them, but an hour might be a stretch. Yeah, I can attest to that, but uh, we, we've had a fair amount of, <laughs> of uh, meals. So now, always, always exactly. a pleasure, James. Thank you so much for taking the time 
For those people who want to learn more, I highly encourage you to check out the Calcium Masterclass. You can view it at calciummasterclass.com. Our last three episodes begins uh, Friday or Thursday, September the 9th. So uh, please check it out. James, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Chalk Talk. Hope you enjoyed the chat with James. Please join us next time as we talk to Paul Higginbottom, the sales director for the UK and France that recently joined us at the beginning of the year. Paul's going to talk to his experience so far, speaking with operators in both geographies and about our decision to go direct in the UK July 1st and soon going direct in France on October 1st. So I look forward to speaking with you then. Thanks.